Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles this morning. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 is where we're going to be at. And uh, we, uh, of course, it's been a, a couple weeks since uh, we... Thank you, Children's Church. I always forget that. Amen. <laughs> Young people, head on back, Children's Church. <laughs> They're like, please get us out of here. We don't want to hear you preach today. And uh, we're them. Amen. And so, uh, all right. Love it, love it, love it. Love all these kiddos around here. Amen. All right. There we go. All right. Very good. All right. Luke chapter 14. Uh, of course, uh, we had a revival last week. Uh, Brother Martin was here. Did a great job preaching for us. Amen. And sure did enjoy revival last week. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, folks. I'm glad to be back in the pulpit this morning. Amen. And uh, I've, I've missed the last couple of weeks being able to uh, preach to you. And so we're looking forward to it this morning. Uh, Luke chapter 14. And uh, we're going to read a uh, parable here that Jesus gave. And uh, the title of this parable, if you have a, a, uh, those headings in your Bible, you'll see it where it's called A Great Supper or The Great Supper. So if you find your place, stand with me as we read the Word of God together in Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. The Bible says, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat a bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto them, A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said, the first began unto him, the first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the whole, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for allowing us to be in your house. And Lord, as we turn our attention, Lord, to your word, I ask God that you'd speak to us this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that as, as I'm preaching, Holy Spirit, you'd be working in hearts. Lord, I can't work on a heart, only you can. And I pray that you do that today. Lord, if someone isn't saved today, I pray that they would accept you before it's eternally too late. I pray those of us that are saved would allow the word of God to change us and help us and make us better for you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We ask this name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I love the title of this parable uh, this, uh, about the Great Supper. I don't know how what you call the, the, the best meal of the day. Uh, for some people, it's breakfast. Uh, I, a few people, it's lunch. But my favorite meal of the day is what I call supper time. Amen? Uh, some people call it dinner. I call it supper. And, uh, and, and I love the parable here. And I love the teachings here. And so here's the title of the messages. Are you coming to the supper? Now, the context of this parable was Jesus was answering uh, some of the self-righteous Pharisees in the previous verses. And he relates this powerful parable about the subject of salvation. In these verses, Jesus is comparing salvation to a feast. 
Now, you know what? It's interesting. Watching some Christians, you may think salvation was more like a funeral instead of a feast. Amen? They walked through life with a tombstone under one arm and a coffin under the other. But hey, i got good news for you this morning. When you come to Jesus, you're not going to a funeral. You're coming to a feast. Amen? Amen. Now, I love having what we call fellowships around here. Amen? And uh, fellowship is a time. It's just a big fancy word for this. The church gets together and eats. Amen? That's pretty much what it means. And uh, we, we have a lot of those around here. In fact, when we started the church, we on purpose started our evening service and it would start at 5 o'clock so that we would have time, uh, not after every service, of course, but after a lot of our services, so we could have those fellowships, if you will. <laughs> Just like I said a few minutes ago, our, our fellowships are going to start being for the next few months on the last Thursday night after our prayer service out on the property. <laughs> Listen, folks, that's a biblical thing. That's a wonderful thing to do. You know what? I like to get together with God's people. I like the fellowship. Let me tell you what that is, folks. It's a small microcosm of what it's going to be like in heaven one of these days. Amen? The church of Jesus Christ together, eating together, enjoying time together, fellowshipping together. Listen, folks, that's an amazing thing. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute, all right? When you sit at the Lord's salvation table, you know what you get to see? You get to have part of the dish of forgiveness. Hey, there's a tray filled with grace and peace. There's bowls of joy sitting here and there. There's plates of a sweet love all over the table. Hey, what a blessing it is to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen? Now, this parable is all about a precious invitation, this wonderful table of salvation. I want to take a few moments today, and I want to talk about the Lord's invitation to come to His Supper. I want to share the facts about this invitation with you, and ask you the question, hey, are you coming to the Supper? Amen? Are you coming to the Supper? Now, here's the first thing I want you to notice about this, this, um, this Supper, is I want you to notice the extended invitation. The extended invitation. Notice what it says there in verse 17. Jesus said, and his servants, uh, and he sent his servants at supper, and he said, say to them that were bid, notice here, come, amen, come, for all things are now ready. Now what's interesting, if you kind of study the culture and, and look and see how they did things back then, an announcement would be made weeks or even months in advance. Those invited were expected to send back a letter whether they accepted or declined the invitation. By the way, we kind of do that today. We call that RSVP, all right? Now, if you're like me, sad to say on my part, okay, uh, sometimes we ignore the RSVPs, but it's good to help people plan, right? Well, back in those days, the invitation was sent out, and they were to either uh, accept or decline the invitation. Then when the day of the feast arrived, when the feast was prepared, the servants were sent out to those invited so they would bring, bring them to the supper. And we see this extended invitation that Jesus gives here in this parable. Notice the things, some, some things about this invitation. Man, it's very simple. Hey, it's, it's simplified in one word. You know what that word is? It's come. Amen? It's come. To me, one of the greatest words in the Bible is that invitation to simply come. It was used in Noah's day back in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. It was used by the prophet Isaiah when he said this, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They may be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen? Hey, this great word was used by Jesus and the Holy Spirit in Revelation 22, verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come! Amen? 
And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Let me tell you, you couldn't find a more simple invitation to this great supper than the invitation to come. Not only do we see that it's a simple invitation, it is a solid invitation. Look what it says there at the end of verse 17. For all things are now ready. Now folks, listen, i got good news for you. God has already done everything necessary to make salvation available. Amen? Right. Hey, He did it all when He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for Amen. our sins. Hey, His tears, His suffering, His death, His resurrection. You know what they all say? They all say, come for all things are now ready. Amen? Listen, it's a solid invitation. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, some of His last words were the phrase, it is finished. Amen? It is finished. By the way, that's the difference between religion and true salvation. That's the difference. By the way, I tell people this all the time. They kind of look at me funny when I say it. I think they look at me funny anyway. Amen? But uh, I will say this. You know what? I'm not a religious person. They look at me and they say, wait a minute. You're not religious. You're a pastor. How can you not be religious? You're a church. What do you mean you're not religious? And here's what I always say, folks. It's not a matter of religion. It's a matter of a relationship. Amen? A relationship. Let me tell you what the difference is. I love what the great evangelist D.L. Moody said about it. He said, those who trust in their religion to save them is spelled do, D-O. Those who trust in the saving blood of Jesus Christ to save them is spelled done, D-O-N-E. Amen? And truth be told, folks, that is the difference. Amen. Amen? It's a matter of what He has already done for us. I can tell you this, folks, it's a solid invitation. Not only that, don't miss this, it's a serious invitation. Notice what he says. He says, for all things are now ready. Now ready. You see, folks, God has provided everything necessary for salvation. He is ready. But listen, he wants for us to come to him. And i got good news for you, folks. And I also got a warning for you. That time is now. That time is now. Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, the Bible says, For he saith, I have heard thee in the time accepted. In the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Listen, hey, don't miss it this morning. It's a serious invitation. And when God is calling, listen, you better come when He calls. Amen? You better come. Hey, you better not put it off. Later may never come. There may never be another opportunity. So I want you to notice, first of all, the extended invitation. It's simple, it's solid, it's serious. Number two, notice this, the evaded invitation. Back to our text in Luke chapter 14. Here's what we see. The invitation went out, and uh, the servants went out to get everybody to bring them to the supper. And here's what it says in verse 18. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must need go see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. Now what's interesting to me is that phrase, with one consent. It kind of sounds like to me they got together and conspired not to come to the feast. You know what they did? They made their stinking excuses. Now why they may appear to be reasonable on the surface Come on, just, just think about it for a minute. A little common sense, folks. These, these excuses are absolutely foolish and unreasonable. Yeah. Think about it for a minute. Who buys a piece of ground without first looking at it? Okay? Who buys a yoke of oxen in our day 
a tractor or a piece of equipment without knowing its capabilities. I mean, what does having a wife have anything to do about you accepting the invitation? You know what these were, folks? Nothing but a bunch of stinking excuses. Yeah. Now, here's what I've heard before, okay? And I think this is the G version of it, all right? Excuses are like armpits. Everybody has a couple of them, and they all stink. Amen? All right? And truth be told, listen, folks, that's exactly what it is. By the way, people who reject Jesus Christ will be left without excuse. Don't miss what I just said. People who reject Jesus Christ will be left without excuse. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1. Listen to this verse. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. Listen, so they are without excuse. People will say, well, God, uh, how do I even know you existed? No one ever told me about it. God says, look, you look up in the sky, you see my creation. You know what that is? That's pointing to me. I mean, come on, folks. Nobody in the right mind, and by the way, I said in the right mind, thinks that everything came from nothing. Okay? Listen, this building we're sitting in here, okay? There wasn't a storm one day, a tornado, and all of a sudden when when the tornado went through, here was this perfectly constructed building. Nobody in their right mind believes that. No, you know what had it had to happen in order for this building to be here? By the way, we're going through the process of this right now to put that building up out there, okay? You know what first had to happen? An architect had to draw up a plan. You know what that speaks of? Design. By the way, it had to be set up in a certain way. Okay, you know what that's called? Order, right? Somebody had to then come in and start putting it together in the proper order to make sure it's what we see today. Amen. You know what that's called? A creator. Amen. And look, it's so finite as a building. How much more sense should that not make when it comes to you and I that has a, a, an eternal living soul? Amen. And God says, listen, that ain't going to fly with me. Anybody that tries to say it, they're going to be without excuse. I've heard so many excuses used by people for not coming to Jesus. Here's what they say. Okay, come on now. Maybe some of you have used it, used to use it. Too many hypocrites in the church. I've heard that before. Okay? By the way, you know what I say about that? There's hypocrites everywhere. Okay, don't go to Walmart, because I'm going to tell you, there's hypocrites in Walmart. Use that as an excuse. Okay? Listen, folks. We're not here for each other anyway. We're here for Him. Amen? And by the way, guess what? You're exactly right. Surprise, surprise. There's sinners in the church. Can you believe that? Yes, I can believe that. Amen? Come on, folks. How about this one? I'm afraid I can't live it. Well, that's the same as saying as this. I'm afraid to jump. I'm afraid to swim. I can't touch a piano until I learn to play. Listen, folks, it just doesn't make sense. Listen, you can't live for Jesus. He has to be living through you. How about this? I just don't feel it. Well, show me anywhere in the Bible where you're supposed to feel something. No, you know what Jesus said? Come. By the way, here's what I've learned in the Christian life. You obey, you come, and later on the feelings catch up to you. Amen? How about this? There's too much to give up. Well, Jesus addressed this in Mark chapter 8. He said this, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, the most valuable thing you have is your eternal, never-dying soul. Amen? And the Bible says, What are you going to give in exchange for your soul? What do you mean there's too much to give up? That's like a man with cancer telling the doctor to leave, to leave it inside him because he's too attached to it. How about this? I'm too great a sinner. Listen, folks, i got good news for you. 
He can and will save anyone. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Listen, your sin's not so great that the blood of Jesus Christ can't forgive and can't cover. Listen, folks, yes, we're all sinners. Yes, we all have a sin problem. But that's why the, there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And He can wash you from any sin and all sin. How about this? I'll come later, but not today. If there's one I've heard a lot, it's this one right here. Well, you know what, folks? They may be too busy to come to God, but how about this? It seems funny to me. No one's too busy to, to live in sin. Everybody has time for that. And I'll tell you this, you certainly aren't too busy to die. Amen? So listen, folks, don't evade God's invitation with excuses. So we see the extended invitation. We see the evaded invitation. How about this? Don't miss this. The expanded invitation. Go back to our text there in Luke chapter 14. And notice what we see here when all these people start making excuses. Verse 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Okay, by the way, folks, I'll just say this, all right? Everybody wants to picture God as this, you know, big grandpa type and just loves and, and overlooks and, and is never mad about anything. That's not the God of the Bible. Listen, folks, I get it. God's patient with us, and I'm thankful for it. But you keep rejecting Him, rejecting Him, get kind of angry about it, amen? By the way, why should He not? You know what it costs Him so mankind can have the opportunity to have a relationship with Him? Salvation is free for us. The man it cost God a high price. He was angry. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. Bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. And the servant said, It's Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Let me tell you what the context of this was, and I'll show you some pr a practical application. When Jesus came to this earth, folks, the Bible says that he came to his own people. He came to the Jewish people. And you know what the Jewish people did? They rejected him as their Messiah. They rejected him. In fact, the Bible says this. He says in John 4, 22, You worship, you know not what? You know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. This is when he was talking to the woman at the uh, well there in John chapter 4. And she was a Samaritan, uh, 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 half Jew, half Gentile. And he said, you're exactly right. Salvation is of the Jews. And Jesus, first of all, came to save his own people. But you know what? They rejected him. Not only did they reject him, it was their voices that said, let him be crucified. Let his blood be upon us and our children. And they rejected their Messiah. Now listen to me, folks. That, that's good news for us as Gentiles. And let me tell you why. Romans chapter 11, verse 11. I say then, have they, talking about the Jews, stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, that means this, the Jews' rejection of Jesus Christ as their Messiah, salvation is coming to the Gentiles or to provoke them to jealousy. Romans eleven seventeen. And if some of the branches be broken off, talking about the Jewish people, and thou being a wild olive tree, talking about us who are Gentiles, we're grafted in among them, and with them partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. You know what he's saying here, folks? And this is what this parable is teaching. He's saying, you know what? My people, who I invited, they made excuse they wouldn't come. So guess what? Now I'm inviting everybody. By the way, you, we ought to be glad for that. Amen? Amen. Now, unless you're of Jewish descent, and I don't know anyone that is, maybe some folks are, 
Listen, folks, hey, we're all Gentiles in here. And that means this, the reason we can be saved and the reason we can come to God is because those Jewish people rejected the invitation. And because they rejected it, God says, I'm extending that invitation. By the way, let me just say this, and I want folks to know this, all right? I am by no means at all anti-Semitic. You better believe it or not. Listen, we love God's people. We love the Jewish people. But for the most part, they even to this day, they've rejected God. They've rejected Jesus Christ. But guess what? He's not done with them. Amen? One of these days, He's going to pull them all back to Himself, and Israel's going to recognize Him as their Messiah. But until then, guess what? The door's kicked wide open for us as Gentiles. Hey, how about you? I'm thankful for that. Amen? We were part of that wild olive tree that God grafted us in. Now that's the teaching here of this parable. Now here's where I'm going with this, folks. Because this invitation that was extended. Why was this invitation extended? I'm going to tell you one word that sums up the extension of this invitation. Let me read it to you. Ephesians chapter 1. Having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. Listen now. To the praise of of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Let me tell you what that word is, folks. You know why the invitation was extended to us as Gentiles? Because of grace. Amen. Because of grace. What is grace, by the way? It is God's unmerited favor. It is God giving us what we don't deserve. By the way, don't ever, ever say to God, well, God, I just want what I deserve. Don't ever say that. Because let me tell you, what every single one of us deserve, folks, we deserve to burn in the devil's hell forever and ever and ever because of our stinking wicked sin. That's what we deserve. Let me tell you, if you're going to get to heaven through your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it's only because God showed us grace and mercy. Amen? And that grace, folks, listen, man, grace is such an important word. It's such an important thing. And it ought to be something that we're thankful for. The grace of God. I mean, no, let me, let me t- talk about grace for a minute. I want you to notice from our text this morning the direction of His grace. It says this in verse 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Now notice here. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. Notice this. And bring in hither. Who's he going to bring in? The poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. You know what you see there, folks? You see all kinds of people, people nobody else wanted, people nobody else would have invited. You know what that? That's what grace does. Amen? Grace finds what nobody else wants. And God says, you know what? I'll take that. I want that. Amen? All kinds of people. By the way, look around the uh, God's table. You know who you see when you go back and read about the Scripture? You'll find people like David people like Peter, people like uh, uh, Rahab and Mary Magdalene. By the way, start uh, looking at their life a little bit. You know what you find out they were? They were drunks and harlots and drug addicts and religious people. Hey, God wants them all. Amen? Because that's what grace does. The direction of grace is to anybody that wants it. Amen? Now think about it, okay? If, If you have their backgrounds, you probably have some excuses too. But they didn't give God their excuses. They simply came when He invited. The direction of His grace. How about this? The desire of His grace. Notice what He says here. That my house may be filled. You know what God's desire is? A full house. That's what He wants. Amen? 
Listen, folks, he doesn't want an empty seat at this table. Hey, he wants every place filled with those that he loves. Amen? He wants it filled. By the way, God knows who is going, and there is a place for every single one at his table. Amen? A place for every single one. And then we see this. We see the demand of His grace. In verse 23, He said this. He said uh, uh, to uh, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I love that word compel. That word compel, it means to persuade. It means to drive. You know what I believe that speaks of? I believe it also speaks of the drawing of the Holy Spirit. By the way, folks, listen. If you're saved here this morning, it's because God sought you out. The Bible says there's none that seeketh after God. We weren't going after God. He came after us. And God pulls us to Himself through what's called the drawing of the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 44, No man can come to Me except the Father which has sent Me. Draw Him, and I will raise Him up at the last day. Let me tell you what one of the elements of salvation is, folks, is that God pulls you to Himself. Amen? He pulls you to Himself. I look back in my life, and I got saved when I was nine years old. I remember remember uh, last week, um, uh, Brother Mark, when he was here, talked about when he got saved. He got saved also when he was nine years old. I got saved when I was nine years old. And I think back to my, to my salvation testimony, and I think back to that night when I got saved. And let me tell you what I remember, folks. I remember God drawing me to Himself. I remember the fact that, listen, I felt this overwhelming conviction of my sin, and I knew I needed to be saved. And God drew me, and God showed me. You know what He said to me as a nine-year-old boy? I want you! Amen? Amen? And listen, that is what He does. The demand of His grace. He wants to persuade us. He wants to drive us. The fact that He wants His house to be filled with us. Those who offer excuses and refuse to come. You know what? They were left out. By the way, it's not just enough to be invited. Come on now. You must taste. Don't miss it. It's not just enough to be invited. Listen to me now. You must accept the invitation. I said it to three people this week when I was talking to them about being saved. I said, you know what it's called? It's called a gift. And you know what? I can, I can extend. I can give you. I can say, hey, I'm going to give you something. Okay, this morning. All right? We gave out uh, to those visitors and those who brought visitors. We gave out a gift card. That's why it's called a gift card. Okay? And when Jeremiah and Jesse brought those gift cards back to you, they said, hey, here you go. Okay? Listen, you didn't have to take it. You could have said, you know what? No thanks. I don't think I want it. And by the way, that's okay. Your choice. You could have chose to accept it, or you could have chose to reject it. Just because there was a gift offered, come on now, it wasn't yours till you chose to accept it. Let me just remind you something about God. All right, God is a gentleman. God does not force Himself upon anybody. Let me tell you the difference between the true God of the Bible and all these other false gods of these other religions everywhere. Okay? God doesn't say, choose me or die. Okay? He doesn't, listen folks, okay? When no one was standing with machine guns at the door this morning making you come in this building. I know some guys are done, but no one was pointing at you saying you have to come in here. Okay? No. You're here because you chose to come here. It's all called free will. By the way, that's how God works. Amen? He's done all the hard part as far as preparing the supper. All right? He, he, he's got it all ready for us. I mean, he, is, he, he, he went to the expense of, 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 of preparing everything. He went to the expense of making sure that the place was all ready, the table was all set. 
He even went to so far as to send the servants out and, and, and compel them. Say, hey, come on, let's go, let's go. But you know what you never saw in the story? You never saw him making people come. Yeah. Let me just say this, amen? If you want to be a recipient of God and His grace, you must choose to taste of it in and of yourselves. Listen to this verse here, Psalm 34, verse 8. Listen to what the Bible says. Listen now, important, important verse. The Bible says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know what God says? Listen, won't you just come and experience me? Amen? Won't you just come and decide? You're going to taste and see for yourself if what I said is true, if what I said is right, and I'll just, I'll, I'll just be a representative of God this morning. It is true. Amen? Amen? It is right. It is good. And you're sitting in a room this morning, filled with people who, as far as I know, the majority of people in this room have tasted and they see. And you know what they can honestly testify about? Just what the psalmist said, that God is good. Amen? God is good. The demand of His grace. So here's the question this morning. Very simple, simple message. What are you going to do with the invitation? What are you going to do with it? If you come to Jesus, guess what? You're going to be part of an eternal feast one of these days in heaven. And by the way, I didn't talk a lot about this this morning, but there's more to the Christian life than just the destination. Amen? I'm thankful for heaven. I'm thankful that my sins are forgiven. I'm guaranteed a place in heaven. By the way, someone told me this week, they said, you know what? They got saved this week, and they said, uh, you know, before I got saved, I was wondering what was going to happen to me if I died in my sleep. Guess what? I don't have to worry about that anymore. I know that I'm going to heaven. That's what they said to me. Amen? Listen, I'm thankful for that confidence. I'm thankful for that assurance. But listen, folks, it's more than just being saved. Amen? God's got this amazing life He wants you to live. He'll give you purpose. He'll give you peace. He'll give you these desires that will help you be the best you can be for Him. Man, talk about a life. Amen? But listen, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be part of the eternal feast in heaven? And by the way, if not, if not, you'll be a part of the eternal funeral in hell. Because folks, listen, your soul's eternal. It's living forever somewhere. It's just a matter of the destination. Amen? And God has done all the hard part. He sent Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. Jesus came. He paid it all. Amen? I love that song we sing. Jesus paid it all. He didn't pay some. He didn't pay most. He paid it all by His death on that cross. But you know what? He won't make you accept it. You've got to choose that on your own. Amen? So what are you going to do with the invitation that's ex extended? Hey, are you coming to supper? Go and bow your head and close your eyes, please. No one looking around. Here in just a minute, we're going to have an invitation. My daughter's going to play the piano. And as she's playing that piano, you may be saying to yourself, Pastor, something's going on inside of me. I feel something moving. I feel something happening. I feel like uh, I need to make sure that my relationship is right with God. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never accepted. And just as sure as you know your own name, you don't know where you're going when you, when you leave this earth. You don't know where you're going when you die. Listen, i got good news for you, folks. You can get that settled today. You can know when you walk out that door beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven. You can know that if you're willing to come and accept God's invitation. Amen? And uh, we're going to, uh, uh, just a minute after we pray, Faith's going to play that. We're going to stand. And if you don't know for sure you're saved this morning, you come and be part of this extended 
invitation, this expanded invitation, and don't be part of the crowd that evaded the invitation. Won't you just come and accept God's gift of salvation and be saved today? Those of us that are saved here this morning, listen, you know what? We need to be part of that group that gets out there and invites people. Amen? And I don't just mean invite them to come to a special service. I mean get out there and you talk to them about the Lord. You be part of what God can use to help people get a seat at the table. Amen? And God wants to use us all to do that.